From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Cadet. This is Idaho Matters. The Idaho legislature has a new school choice proposal this year that would give out tax credits to parents who enroll their children in private schools. Now, some say this creates a conflict with Idaho's constitution, specifically the Blaine Amendment, which says the state cannot use public funds for religious schools. We're taking a deep dive into school choice with a series of conversations about how this would impact kids and parents, public and private schools, charter and religious schools, as well as taxpayers and educators. School choice is a big issue, and we are just beginning to scratch the surface on this. So we asked Jim Jones to join us today. He spent 12 years as a justice of Idaho's Supreme Court and eight years as Idaho's attorney general. I want to welcome you to the program. Well, thank you. So, Jim, what is the Blaine Amendment? What exactly does it say? The Blaine Amendment was adopted by the constitutional framers back in 1889 and approved by the voters in 1890. And it says flat out that no money from the state treasury can ever be used to support religious instruction of any nature. So some have said the Blaine Blaine Amendment has been overruled by the U.S. Supreme Court. However, you cite two cases that say otherwise. So so tell us about about these two cases. Well, in both of the cases, uh, Chief Justice Roberts said that while you must give uh, public money to a program uh, that supports private education, if you do that, uh, you are also obligated to uh, provide it to uh, religious schools. So in other words, it kind of gives you a workaround to get around Mm -hmm. the uh, Blaine Amendment. And the legislators know that. They know if they target uh, public money for private schools, the state will have to also support religious schools. And if they consciously uh, institute a program that allows money to go to private schools, they are subverting the Constitution, and they know it. And they may well find themselves in court uh, to stop it. So the the current school choice bill, as it stands right now, um, Jim, is that the bill in in the Idaho legislature would use tax credits that send the money to parents, but not not to schools. So in your opinion, is that a legal way around the Blaine Amendment? Heavens no. If you take money that is destined for the Treasury— and a tax credit is to give you money back that you are obligated to pay. And whether they call it a tax credit, a tax deduction, deduction, whatever, it's money out of the treasury into the hands of people to use for private education and also then for religious instruction and homeschooling. So it's a workaround that they are consciously aware of and they can't do it, whether they call it a paycheck to the people, a tax credit, a tax deduction, a rebate, whatever. It's public money. And the thing is, it comes right off of the Treasury 
uh, $50 million would come off of the top. And do you know who would make up the difference? It would be the property taxpayers because they're always the one that gets stuck with the bill when the legislature doesn't do the job of adequately funding schools, uh, both for instruction and for uh, construction and maintenance of buildings. You know, the best way to give tax release to the people would be for the legislature to carry out its responsibility to adequately fund schools uh, for facilities and for instruction mm -hmm. and forget about these silly ideas of giving people a tax break for sending their kids to private and religious schools. Okay, so what if lawmakers took the money for their school choice plan as soon as it comes in the door from taxpayers? So I'm talking about before it even becomes part of what is known as Idaho's general fund. Uh, Jim, is that another attempt to get around the Blaine Amendment? And, and would that work? Wouldn't work. If the money is owed under the tax code, whether you give it back before it comes in the door or give a deduction uh, for uh, somebody that's filing their return, it's public money. This idea, well, we'll uh, nip it in the bud before it gets into the Treasury. That's baloney. If the tax code says it is owed, uh, then when you give it to somebody uh, back in either the form of a deduction or a tax credit, that is public money that should be there for use by schools and everybody else who has to be funded by the uh, legislature. So, Justice Jones, GOP lawmakers are also floating a constitutional amendment this, this session uh, to repeal the Blaine Amendment. Can you walk us through exactly how that would work if this actually happened? Well, of course, they have to uh, put the ballot measure on the general election ballot. And, you know, quite frankly, my thought is that the people don't want uh, money to go to private and public schools. I think if they put it on the ballot, the people would overwhelmingly reject it. But at least that's an honest way to try to get around the restriction on use of public money for private and parochial schools. At least it's honest. You're saying, okay, uh, we're going to let the people decide because the people are the, the ones who have uh, political power, the ultimate source of political power in the state. So be honest, put it on the ballot and see what the people say. And in the interim, put all of these silly school choice, school tax credit, school voucher programs on hold until the people have a chance to weigh in. Okay. So, so if I'm understanding this right, if lawmakers were able to get the Blaine Amendment approved, voters would then actually kind of be that deciding vote, correct? Because they, this would have to go to the on the ballot. Yeah, if they put it on the ballot and the people approved the measure uh, to amend the Constitution to allow money to go, public money to go to private and parochial schools, that would be the honest way to do it, and that would decide the question. But the people won't go for it. I think 
there was a study uh, last year that said 60% of the people oppose public money going to private and parochial schools. Well, Jim, I don't think it's a secret uh, that you are not a fan of this year's school choice plan. So with that being said... (laughs) Yes, you might be able to say that. (laughs) Okay, but do you think any plan like this should be put on hold until Idahoans get a chance to vote on something like repealing the Blaine Amendment? Uh, Because then it actually does go to the voters to decide where they would ultimately want their taxpayers' money, you know, going. And as you said, you believe that people would vote against this on the to be the devil's advocate. I mean, what what if they vote for it? If they vote for it, then the people have spoken. But I don't think they will. At the time the Constitution was formed, people wanted kids to be educated in a public school that would give everybody uh, a free and fair chance to make a living and and to have a good life. And that was a high priority. There was nothing said in the Constitutional Convention about, uh, oh, we should have money go to private education. They could have said Mm -hmm. that, but they didn't. They wanted it to go to give everybody an educational floor. And they didn't want to, uh, you know, give people the best uh, education they could get at a, at a religious school because that was not a high priority. The priority was to educate these kids, to give them a fair shot in life. Well, and in your opinion, then, I, I mean, the framers of Idaho's constitution could have approved spending money on religious schools when they put the constitution together. It, it, is, is, do, do you believe that's a fair assessment? Well, that's definitely right. I mean, the Blaine Amendment says not a penny will go to religious schools. And they could have provided uh, money to private schools, but they didn't. They did give people a choice, however. Uh, They said, we're going to make your kids go to school. We're going to have compulsory education in public schools. But if the legislature allows you to send them to private schools that you pay for, the parents pay for, then they don't have to observe the compulsory attendance at public schools. So there was a clear choice. You could either have the government pay for the kids' education uh, through taxes, or parents could send their kids to private and parochial schools on their own dime. So that was school choice. And that was what the Constitution provided. And we ought to mm-hmm. honor the Constitution until such time as the people change it. If the current school choice plan is passed into law without repealing the Blaine Amendment, would you expect a lawsuit against the state of Idaho? I've kind of been threatening it for the last several years. <laughs> and I think there will be enough uh, concern about it that uh people will take it to court. And we will say, uh, number one, the legislature has not uh, adequately funded schools and the ability to give public money to private and parochial schools will further impact the ability of the state to do what it needs to do on the instructional side. Number two, 
that the state has flat failed to pay for construction and maintenance of school buildings. We're in uh, the red about a billion dollars on that. And that is a state requirement under the Constitution. And uh, that will be another point of attack if you divert money to private and, and religious schools it further impacts the ability of uh, local school districts to maintain safe and adequate uh, school facilities. And then number three, that uh, the uh, school choice or tax credit uh, scheme uh, is clearly violative of the Blaine Amendment. And so it will be a three-pronged uh, attack on the legislation. You mentioned another legal case in your recent op-eds on school choice. This one went back to 2005, where the Idaho Supreme Court said the state had failed to pay for school buildings as well as their maintenance. And as you just talked about maintenance, I want to go back to this for a minute, because how exactly does school maintenance tie into school choice? Well, there are school buildings that are incapable of allowing the kids to get a good education. If they're freezing to death in the winter uh, or boiling in the summer or the safety equipment is not working, there's not a fire escape, that impacts the ability to give kids a thorough education as required under the Constitution. If you allow state money to go to frivolous things like providing educational money for private and parochial schools, it further adversely impacts the kids who go to public school, schools to have a good education on the instructional side and on the building side. The problem is that there's only a certain amount of money that the state is willing to pay out. And if you shortchange local school districts on school buildings, on school maintenance, on instructional funds, and send it to some uh, purpose that is not allowed under the Constitution, that is private and, and parochial schools, you've further violated the Constitution in a number of respects. And you know what the problem is? When you shortchange school districts on any of those aspects, it all goes down to the property taxpayers. And uh, in that 2005 decision, we said that you can't rely on uh, financing school buildings and facilities and maintenance solely on the property tax. Legislature's still in flat violation of the Constitution. And until they get into compliance under the Constitution, they have no right to send money for private and parochial schools or to give anybody uh, vacation money to go to Tahiti or whatever other you know, luxury they want to hand out. If they really want to give property tax relief to people throughout the state, what they will do is to step up the plate and adequately fund both the instruction side of education and the construction and maintenance side, which will lift that great burden 
off of the local property taxpayers. You can have a solution to two problems, underfunded schools and overburdened property taxpayers by just following the Constitution and not trying to defy it by sending money off to private and parochial schools. So before I let you go, do you have any predictions on what may happen with school choice this year in the legislature? It has failed uh, every time they've tried to do it. The arguments against it are overwhelming. Um, I think it will be a tough road to hoe, even though there are lobbyists lining the, the halls of the Capitol trying to get it done. Uh, for one reason or another, some people think it's because there are for-profit schools waiting in the wings to pick up some of that great public money that uh, is going to be doled out. And of course, 80% of the people who are already sending their kids to the uh, private schools or religious schools or homeschooling uh, already do it. It's not going to give them a choice. It's just going to give them a subsidy. And I think that uh, I think that they're running out of steam. I think it's going to be really difficult to get it passed, but who knows? Well, as always, we so appreciate your time today. So thank you so much for the conversation. Oh, sure enough. Glad to. We've been talking with former Idaho Attorney General and Supreme Court Justice Jim Jones about school choice and the proposals currently working their way through the Idaho legislature. Idaho Matters is doing a series of interviews on school choice during the 2024 Idaho legislative session, both pro and con. And we want to hear your thoughts about education reform as well as vouchers and school choice. You can send us an email at idahomatters at boisestate.edu. You can also leave us a voice message at 208-426-2777. Or if you have the Boise State Public Radio app on your phone, just hit the Talk to Us feature and leave us a message there. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.